0: Now, has everybody been waved to? Anybody not get waved to? Anybody not get waved to? All right, we're just going to make sure everybody waved. All right, now let's everybody wave at this gentleman right here. He didn't get waved to. All right, there we go. All right. Now he feels special. Okay, Romans chapter number 14. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles quickly. And uh, we are going to discuss, really... I know I say it every time. Every service, I say this is a very important subject because I think everything we talk about in the Bible is very important. Amen? It's really important. It's really... uh, uh, But this one, especially in the Bible Belt, this is really important because there are tons and tons and tons of churches and places that have split, have splintered, uh, have fought and fussed, and and it's kind of like the guy that was shipwrecked on an island. He was shipwrecked on the island, and, and about 10 years went by, and a and, uh, ship came through and, and seen his fire and stopped by and rescued him. And they had a rescue party there, and they come on the island where he was, and, and they, said, they said, what are these buildings? He said, well, there was three buildings there. You know. He said, well, this building here is this is my house. This is where I sleep. This is where I live. And he said, this building here is my church that I go to. And they said, well, what's that other building? he said, that's where I used to go to church, right there. Now, how many of y'all can understand what I'm trying to say right there? Amen? Well, you know, that is not God's will. It is not God's will for Christians to fuss and fight and carry on and and not be able to get along. And tonight, I want to preach and teach on the subject when Christians don't agree. When Christians don't agree. Now, I don't know if you know it or not, but we're all going to disagree on something sooner or later let me prove it war eagle yeah. brother mickle you didn't help me out none right there I, I i didn't hear nothing after that right there all right you see the point we're all going to disagree if you've been married five seconds you know what i'm talking about we're going to disagree Nobody's ever going to agree on everything. You can't, we, you know, we can't agree on where to eat. We can't agree on, it just, that's the point. But we can disagree without being disagreeable. And here's the problem. What happens in most churches is you try to find 15 or 20 or 30 people who can agree with everything almost the same. And even they, they don't, but they say they do. They're just not being honest and admitting it. Most churches today, the average size church is about 80 people. It's about 80 people, and it's getting smaller and smaller. And and what happens is you get to a point where we just can't agree we're going to leave and, and, and do whatever, but that doesn't need to be the case. Paul is dealing with this problem. There were some problems in the church, and, and, and as we look and as we study, we're going to find out that this church wasn't the only one that had issues. So let's look in Romans chapter 14 in verse number 1. If you found your spot, say amen. How many y'all are glad to be back in the groove of Bible study? Amen. I am too. All right. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. In other words, don't be arguing over doubtful things. Don't be arguing over things that are not important, if you want to use that terminology. For one believeth that he may eat all things. Another, who is weak, eateth herbs or vegetables. Uh, Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let him... Uh, not him that eateth not judge him that eateth for God hath received him, who art thou that judgest another man's servant to his own master he standeth or falleth, yea, he shall be behold enough for God is able to make him stand one man esteemeth one day above another, esteemeth uh, another esteemeth every day alike, in other words, one man says this day is more important than this day, and another man says they're all important they're all. Needed to be treated the same. Uh, let it, now, now read this with me. Read this with me. And if you've got a Bible that you're allowed to write in, I want you to underline this sentence. Because I underlined it and I, I highlighted this in green in my, in my Bible. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own. Now that was a few of us. Let's all read it. Let's all read it. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. I don't care what your conviction is. If, it, if I'm not fully persuaded about it, I don't, you don't need to try to convince me and I don't need to beat you over the head and argue with you about it. Always remember this. A mind changed against its will is of the same opinion still. Amen? Watch this. He that regardeth the day, regardeth unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day, to the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth, and eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not, to the lord he eateth not and giveth god things for none of us liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself whether we live we live unto the lord and whether we die we die unto the lord whether we live therefore or die we are the lord's for to this end christ both died and rose and revived and he that he might be lord both of the dead and living but why dost thou judge thy brother why dost thou set it not thy brother or in other words, separate yourself. I'm not going to have nothing to do with you. You don't, you don't believe like I do. or you don't, uh, you don't agree with me, so we can't have nothing to do with each other. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess. Now read this one with me. Read this one with me. I'll let you see them. So then every one of us shall give account of who? Of who? To God. To God. Father, help us tonight. This is so good. This is good stuff, Lord. Help us to soak this in. Help us to trust your word. Lord, help us not to try to get this, uh, our, our, uh, the scripture to back our opinion. Let Lord, let us start with the scripture first and then form our opinion. Let us go to the word and develop our lives in such a way that we follow you. And God, we'll thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we all pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, knowing that there's issues sometimes in lives, knowing there's sometimes, uh, matter of fact, matter of fact, today, today, I get calls all the time from pastors and preachers who uh, are going through difficulties, they're going through things and situations. And, and I had one call today from Valdosta, Georgia, going through an issue, going through a, a situation, uh, problems in the church, and I was able to help him. And, and, and sure, I think I was able to help him. We'll know after tonight. Uh, uh, but hopefully, we helped him in the situation. But, but the point is, is when you see all that, sometimes, sometimes that can be frustrating. Sometimes you look at that and say, man, and, 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 and it's, it's, it's aggravating to know, why can't we just get along? I mean, if there was anybody, if there was anybody that should get along and should love each other, it's God's children, right? I mean, that's, that's what you would think. But, you know, when we look at that and then go back to the Bible, and go back to the Bible and look at Paul's letters in the New Testament, you'll find out that just about every New Testament church had issues. And you say, well, that's terrible. No, that's great. That means we got a chance. Amen. Every one of them, all of them. Uh, the, the, the Corinthians, they were divided over human leaders. The Galatian saints were biting and devouring one another. I've known some churches like that. Saints in Ephesus and Colossae, they had to be reminded that the, the, of the importance of Christian unity. In the church at Philippi, two women were at odds with each other, and as a result, were splitting the whole church. Two people arguing was causing the whole church to be split. Well, some of the problems, some of the problems that Paul was dealing with here, and he, that he was addressing, was coming from two different backgrounds of believers. Because here on one side, and you're going to hear the phrase, you're going to hear the phrase a lot strong and weak. Say that with me. Now, there's going to be kind of a a, a a difference of understanding when we get to a point of who the real strong ones were and who the real weak ones were. Sometimes we think the people who have the most rules and are against the most stuff and who have the most convictions are the strong ones, and that's not the case at all, especially in this situation. So before you go leaving saying, I'm the strong one, Uh, You might want to make sure, and let's study the word first before you, you make that claim. But we have strong Christians in the faith, then we have weak Christians in the faith. Well, now let's look at their background. Let's look at the background of the people that he was addressing and he was dealing with. Well, on one side, you have the Jewish people who grew up in a staunch, I mean starchy, sure enough stiff religious upbringing. I mean, they couldn't eat this, they couldn't eat that. They couldn't go here, they couldn't go there. They couldn't wear this, they couldn't wear that. I mean, it was very, very regimented. It was very, very restrictive. I mean, they had rules for the rules that they had. Are y'all with me right there? And this is how they grew up. This is how they were raised. This is how they were trained. This is how they their upbringing was. And Now, here they are in a local church. Here they are in a local assembly. Who are just learning about the grace of God. They're just learning about the teachings of Christ. They're just learning about freedom in grace. That they're not under the law anymore. That they're under grace. That all the law was to do was to bring them to Christ. Are you all with me? But they're still struggling. They're still struggling. Because of all these rules that they were raised with. Now on the other hand. Over here. You have Gentiles who didn't have any law they didn't have any you know traditional upbringing they didn't have any kind of religious training they didn't have any kind of background they didn't have any kind of restrictions it was just a whatever 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 goes hit now here this group comes in with no kind of restrictive background at all and here they are in the church enjoying their freedom enjoying the grace of God and now you've got this side over here who's, who's, who, who has been sub- subjective to all these laws and restrictions. And these over here that don't have any. And now, can y'all see why somebody's not getting along? That's the deal. This is what Paul is dealing with. This is what Paul is addressing. So a lot of their issues was because of their background coming into the deal. Now, the believers here, two specific things that he was dealing with was diets and days diets and days there were people who were arguing over what you could eat some people in this assembly uh, some people believed that you you couldn't eat meat some people believe you couldn't eat meat that the only way to be spiritual the only way to be right with God if you ate meat it was a sin so they only ate vegetables well you had some others there who did not believe that say amen uh, I, I seen a T-shirt that said, "If God didn't want us to eat meat, or He didn't want us to eat animals, He shouldn't have made them out of meat." Amen. Uh, you know, I mean, here, so here we have this faction they were arguing over their diet. Then they were, they were some that believed in, in following the Jewish holy days. You know, because of the the, the the religious rules and the religious setup that God gave the nation of Israel in the wilderness, He gave them certain ceremonial days that they were to set aside and to recognize and. And to be holy. Well, this group over here believe that you need to keep doing that. You needed to keep uh, uh, keep following along with that ceremonial law, and, and that this day is holy, and all that kind of thing. And so now we have an issue. Some people are saying, uh, uh, so here we have here we have the weak, were criticizing the strong. Now let me let me explain what I'm talking about. The strong in the faith understood the fact that. It didn't matter. Meat is not going to cause you to go to hell. And it's not going to keep you out of heaven. It's all right. Ain't nothing wrong with eating a hamburger. Amen. Amen. Now, it's just good. I mean, it's just, it is. I'm strong in the faith, promise you. Amen. Well, they had that and they understood their freedom. Well, then you have this person over here who hasn't really learned yet that they're free in Christ. That they have liberty, but they're weak. They're weak. This is how Paul classifies it. They're weak. So the weak will look at the strong and says, "You're not spiritual." Now I know. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, "Oh well, we don't have no issues like that." I'm gonna make. I'm gonna apply it to today, and you're gonna see what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, y'all are y'all are not godly. You're not right with God because y'all don't this or y'all do that. Okay. Let's apply that to the How many people criticize other people because they don't wear a shirt and tie? Or because uh, she don't have a dress on to her ankles? Or, or all uh, right, I've got, I know of churches that are so full. I know of churches that are so full that they've started having church on Saturday night and asked people to come on Saturday night to make room on Sunday morning. All right. Now, let's talk about the days, okay? And there's there's people criticizing them because they're not having church on Sunday. It's not right if it's not on Sunday. Not, that's not biblical. That's not biblical. But what do the weak do? Now, the strong that understand biblical scriptural teachings and training, they understand God doesn't discern one day of the other. and And they understand that, listen, God will hear you with a t-shirt on and God will hear you with a suit and tie on. Those are the strong ones. But the weak will say, you ain't got no tie on. You're not like me. So you're not right with God. Or you're not singing out of a hymnal. You have screens on the wall. You see my point? So here we have, here we have the weak criticizing the strong who understand God's not against screens on the wall God's not against you him nor no him No, if you glorify him he's tickled Amen. and in the strong understand that but see the weak were criticizing those who were not like them because they didn't understand their true liberty in Christ and you say, well, that's right, that, bless God, I'm tired of these weak people criticizing what I'm doing or not doing or whatever. All right, now here's, there's two things going on, though. There's two things going on. I found myself guilty of the other thing. While the weak were criticizing the strong, the strong were looking back at the weak and despising them. So here they are. They're saying, you got a problem with my hamburger. I don't like you. And so now they're ticked off at the others. So you got one side that's criticizing this side, and this side's mad and despising the others for them criticizing. So, either way, they're both wrong. I can't tell you how many times I would hear of another preacher or another group of people or Christians that go to a. They're not even in a state. But they hear about temple, and we're not the traditional down you know, down the list of, of what churches do, our our schedule's different, our approach is different, uh, some of our curriculum is different, how we do things is a little different. And because of that, they've 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 just I can't I'm not even gonna go into it because it ain't even worth the time. And they shouldn't have done that. But you know what? They're weak. Because they don't understand what they're talking about. I would, I would approach you, I said, look, show me in the Bible, right now, show me in the Bible something I'm supposed to be doing that I'm not or something that we are doing that we're not supposed to be. Haven't had one, not one, approach me or even offer it because it's not there. But see, here's where I was wrong. I started getting angry at them. And I started resenting them. I started despising them. Instead of being mature and understanding that they're weak in the faith. Y'all with me? So if we're going to be Christ-like, if we're going to be what we're supposed to be according to what Paul says, it's one thing, we can't be weak in the faith and criticize people that are not just like us. But on the other hand, we can't go back and say how stupid they are. Y'all with me? Boy, it's getting quiet tonight, isn't it? So Paul is dealing with this two sides. we got them arguing. They shouldn't be arguing. Number one, the weak shouldn't be criticizing the strong, and the strong shouldn't be despising the weak. So he begins to share with them some stuff. All right? Here we are. Here we are. Uh, number one, number one, there's some things that he shared there's some things that he shared with them. And how many of y'all know that there's, there's a lot of black and white things in the Bible? That there's no doubt about it. In other words, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. That's pretty black and white, isn't it? Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's black and white. Those things, There's a lot of things that are clear cut. But how many of y'all know that's... There's a lot of stuff in there that's a little gray. That you may feel one way about it and someone else, for instance, the deal with the, let's just go with the deal with the ties, the deal with the ties, shirt and tie, suit, whatever. One person may truly, genuinely feel that they're not right with God if they don't come in here with a tie, all right? Now, that's, that's, that's a legit, but that's a gray area. That's not that's not you know the Bible says now it's not a gray area, but it is a gray area. This person over here may think it's okay if they're modest because the Bible does say modest and we need to be modest. I don't care where you, whether you go to Walmart or to church you need to be modest amen so that's clear about that, but there's a difference in opinion and preference about what this should be so with these things knowing that knowing that. Now, 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 let me make sure we're all on the same page and you're with me. How many of y'all believe there's some things, certain things in the church realm that everybody's not going to agree the same on? Okay. That's what we're talking about. Okay. All right. That's what we're talking about. Now, watch, watch this. Number one, write this down. we got to hurry. Write this down. Number one, <clears throat> the truth that is considered. <clears throat> when it comes to anything, when it comes to any belief, when it comes to any preference, when it comes to any principle, When it comes to anything that goes on, there is a truth that we need to understand. There's a truth that we need to consider. First, first, A, write this down. There's a recognition of my position. The truth of the matter is, you need to recognize who you are. What do you mean, preacher? You're not Deputy Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? God did not hire you to run around and check the hemlinks of everybody's dress. God didn't hire you to go check everybody's everybody's video collection and what they got. God didn't. That's not where you're at. Watch what he says in verse four. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he standeth, or Yea, he shall be holding up for God is able to make him stand. Guess what? You have a master and they have a master. And neither one of you is it. Y'all with me? You're not my master and I'm not your master. You see your position. Now watch. The weak in faith were the immature believers who felt obligated to obey legalistic rules concerning what they ate and when they worship. Many people have the idea that Christians who follow strict rules are the most mature. Am I right? Some people, boy, that dude there, he's godly because he's against everything. (laughs) And sometimes we think the more they're against, the closer to God they are. And that's the furthest from the truth. It could be that they're trying to live in legalism and trying to follow. Matter of fact, they could be the one farthest away from God because they're trusting in their ability to follow a list of regulations and rules and they have no idea about a relationship with a a Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, they're dependent on this. They believe that Christians who follow strict rules are the most mature, but this is not necessarily the case. In the Roman assemblies, the weak Christians were those who clung to the law and did not enjoy their freedom in the Lord. The weak Christians were judging and condemning the strong Christians, and the strong Christians were despising the weak Christians. And we've got to understand our position in Christ is one of we are the servant, he is the master. I'm not your master, you're not my master. Now, can we all agree on that? Say amen. All right. Now, what else do we need to consider? Not only the recognition of our position, but the responsibility of my position. The responsibility of my position. Look in verse 5. Verse 5 says this. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Let's read that again. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Say it again let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind everybody needs standards everybody needs standards everybody everybody needs something to believe on everybody needs limitations if you will everybody needs to say listen this is as far as i'm going to go with this for instance for instance i have a i have a policy i have a policy i don't ride in any car uh, with a woman by myself i don't do that i just don't do, i do it one thing to protect me and i do another thing, so because Baptists will talk. Say amen. That's just a deal that I have. I have that's the thing, that I want to protect my testimony. I want to protect, because I don't need nobody. I mean, trust me, they're going to run their mouth anyhow. I don't need to give them nothing to talk about. So that's my deal. That's, that's, that's what I am. Now, I don't need to go around and say that for everybody else. Because I think God said, thou shalt not ride no, with nobody else. Amen? But that happens all the time. Just because it's yours doesn't mean it needs to be somebody else's. Now, I have to be fully persuaded in what I'm standing for and what I'm believing. I tell you guys, I'll be honest with you. There's been a lot of times. There's been a lot of times in my life and in my ministry that I I would act upon something or do something or say I believe something because somebody else did. And I didn't—I I wasn't fully persuaded in my heart that that was the right thing. But because I had so much confidence in so-and-so, I just went with what they went with. And you know how, how torturing that is? To try to follow a list of rules that you didn't even really believe in yourself just because somebody else said it was the right thing to do? That's not freedom. That's not liberty in Christ. That's not walking in peace. You know what? Those rules become bondage and the sad part it's not bondage to anything but somebody else's opinion about what they think you ought to be boy I'm preaching better than y'all shouting amen now watch it is not our responsibility to decide the requirements for Christian fellowship in a church only the Lord can do this to set up man-made restrictions on the basis of personal prejudices or even convictions, is to go beyond the word of God. Because God has received us, we must receive one another. We must not argue over these matters, nor must we judge or despise one another. In every church, there are weak and strong believers. The strong understand spiritual truth and practice it. But the weak have not yet grown into the level of maturity and liberty. The weak must not condemn the strong and call them unspiritual. The strong must not despise the weak and call them immature. God has received both the weak and the strong. Therefore, they should what? Watch what? This is, this is a, I don't want to say a life verse for me, but when it comes to gray areas, if, if I can't really pinpoint it and say thou shalt or thou shalt not in the Bible, and I have to answer a question for somebody or I have to answer something for my own life. This is kind of my go-to verse. Go-to verses. Colossians 3, verse 13. Forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is which is the bond of perfectness. Now watch this. Watch this. Verse 15. Here's, here's the deal. In the gray area... In the area where, you know, I can't say really, thou shalt or thou shalt not. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. When it comes to a point where I can't really, I can't really definitively, definitively say, "Yay or nay or whatever, then I have to pray about it and spend time with God about it. And whatever God gives me peace about it, that's the direction I go. And if I can sleep at night, it's all good. If I can't sleep at night, then I I need to talk to the Lord about it. Are you all with me? Now, my responsibility is not to critique you and judge you and criticize you. My responsibility is to be fully persuaded in my mind of what I'm doing, that I'm walking with Christ. I'm going to the church God wants me to go to. I'm raising my children the way God is telling me to. I'm leading my life the way God wants me to be. Listen, God may lead me to lead my life different than the way he wants you to lead your life, but I promise you this, when it comes all said and done, I can sleep at night. Because I am following the will of God for my life and I am trusting in the peace of God for my life. I don't have to be the Holy Spirit for you. God can be the Holy Spirit for you and he wants to be the Holy Spirit for you. You don't have to check in with me for decisions you make. Thank God I don't need the pressure. I can't tell you how many pastors I've known growing up that if they didn't if the congregation didn't check in with him about everything, that ain't that's cultish. That's not even biblical. That's why God gave you the Holy Ghost too. It's my responsibility, it's your responsibility to recognize you're not somebody else's master. And it's your responsibility to recognize you have a responsibility to be fully persuaded in your mind about whatever it is in your life that you have to make decisions of. Let Say it with me. Let the peace of God rule in my heart. Say it again. Let the peace of God rule in my heart. How many of y'all believe that, that God, the Holy Spirit is big enough? If it's wrong, he'll tell you. How many of that's happened before? And when he tells you, it's not a still, small voice. It's a roaring lion. Amen? Amen. Now, let's, let's hurry. Let's hurry. The truth that is considered. Oh, we got plenty of time. Uh, number two. Number two, why, wh- wh- why? what do we need to understand when it comes to disagreeing? When it comes to disagreeing. Uh, here's, here's another thing, too. Uh, we, had a, we had a long discussion in staff meeting this week uh we had we had uh uh some new songs newer songs I guess newer generation songs that we did Sunday and then we did an old song uh and uh I'm the type person and I I realize everybody's not like this but I'm the type person I can dig all of them I like the new stuff and I like the old stuff I do I mean I'm really not I'm not making that up I'm just that way now, there's stuff on both ends of the spectrum, the old stuff and the new stuff, that I can't stand, I despise, and I'd rather scratch some of my eyeballs out. Say so, amen. I just don't understand. If I can't understand what they're saying, it's not doing nothing for me, all right? And, I mean, and But I get that. I understand that. But my point is this, is, is we need to be able to mature. And I said mature, too, and I meant this. We need to be able to mature to the point that we can appreciate that which we don't prefer you may not like it but you need to be able to appreciate it here's here's a here's a squabble in today's church and I'm I'm just going to be totally honest with y'all man y'all 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 get the y'all get the raw version of the preacher on Wednesday night amen there are so many churches that in 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 a a a drive to reach the new generation they really throw the old generation out and that's not that's not good it's not right and and now it's not good for the old generation not to be willing to compromise and say hey let's do what we need to do to reach the new generation But then we have the new generation who is looking back, and and, and here we have an old generation that's been faithful and has tithed and and, and has served and has sacrificed and done all this kind of stuff. And, and, And the type of worship that they enjoy, we're just saying, forget it. That's not right either. Now, over here, we're asking a group of people, we're asking a group of people, who, who has done all this for 30 or 40 years to absolutely forget everything they like and enjoy and suck it up for the new generation. Where we're not asking, I told you, you're getting the raw version. We're asking the new generation, after they're saved, not to be willing to sacrifice to be a blessing to the old generation. That's why here at Temple, we do a little bit of it all. Because I want you to mature to a point that it's not about a beat, it's not about a certain rhythm, it's not about a certain style, it's about truth. Jesus said it this way, God is a spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. That's John 4. Here's the point. I don't care what style of song it is. If it has no truth, it's not real worship. It don't matter whether it's new or old. Just because it's new doesn't mean it's good. Just because it's old doesn't mean it's bad. Hello? What, what matters is the truth in it. And this is what I want our church to get to is that even if you don't prefer the style of song that's being played, you can appreciate the truth in the song. And I hope that we grow to a point that regardless of the style, when we start listening, if we can't detect truth, we're willing to, Amen. Let me let me give you an illustration. Now I I I, I love southern gospel. I tell, I just I like it all. I just I I I'm not I don't know why I just I'm just that way. I can roll with the flow. I'm just, I'm just that way. But there was one particular gospel song, southern gospel song it was a major hit. I mean it was a major hit. And uh and uh I was in the car with a preacher friend of mine who is just like He's just like a a biblical Nazi. I mean, it is just And that's not really a good way to put that. But I I don't know really how to, Oh, that's bad. He was a He really followed the Bible, all right? I mean, it had to be I'm just just write down exact. Yeah, I'm on medicine, y'all, okay? I'm it's <laughs> flu season. Uh And he, I mean, it had to be just that way. He's just an incredible preacher. He's the type of guy, when he starts preaching, you're like, whoa. Because you know he didn't get this off the Internet. He's been with God. You know what I'm saying? And and the song, come on, y'all know the song, Greater Vision, uh, uh, My Name is Lazarus, May I Testify. Basically, the song talks about the uh, the four guys that brought the crippled man to Jesus, you know, and lowered him down in the house. And each one of the guys carrying him saying, you know, uh, he he healed me, but I don't know about your deal. Yours is worse than mine, you know. And it uses as an illustration that the other three, but the one last guy, said, well, let me tell you, my name is Lazarus, may I tell you, you know, and here we go. And it's a cool song. only problem is it's not biblical. And and because the only thing that we know about these guys, the only thing we know about these guys is their faith. We don't know nothing else about these guys, but it says when Jesus saw their faith. Get up, son. So the song is really against the Bible. It's a cool song, but it's not biblical. And I, 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 we was in the car, and it come on, us, whoo, boy. And he went, Huh? Turn it off. I want. What are you doing? He said, that song's not even biblical. I said, yeah, but it sounds cool. <laughs> Amen, you know. I said, what do you mean it's not bi-? And we, we, we got into a discussion about it. And he said, look, son, real worship has to have truth. And you know, some of the old songs we grew up with in the Redback Hymnal are not biblical. And some of the new songs with the uh, uh, hippity beat and all this kind of stuff, listen, that doesn't make it good. It's about, come on. Hey, another thing, another thing. And if we don't get done with this, it's okay. I got rollover minutes for next week. Amen? I'm just, I want to teach you a little bit tonight. It doesn't matter the style of preacher. Preacher. We need to be able to learn to appreciate truth. Everybody's not going to be like me. I don't want nobody to be like me. And everybody doesn't, and we get so attracted and and tuned to a certain character or a style. Now, I have my preferences. I do. I have my preferences. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I don't prefer a certain style over. I like them, man. I love, I want them sweating in the introductions, amen. I mean, I want them just look like they're fighting bumblebees when they're preaching. I mean, I just like that because that's what I was raised on. I, you know that that's my style, and 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 it it can't get loud enough, and it can't get long enough. I just like it. That's that's my preference. But I promise you this, I would rather sit and listen. To a guy who was monotone. And he told me something. Than I would. A man that's very energetic. And very dramatic. And very loud. Who didn't tell me anything. Here. I had I heard one, one person say this. I go to. Watch. So and so preacher. But I go to. Hear so-and-so preacher I, I, don't, I don't want it to be about the dramatics. If I have to make up for a lack of content with foolishness, I don't have time for that. But guess what? Now, I'm going to just, it's a raw version, y'all. Y'all remember? Some of y'all, if you know I'm not going to be here, you won't come. Shame on you. Y'all got to cut that out. I don't want you to love me and and just be it for my style because I'm trying my best to put people up here that's going to give you truth. And if we can mature to the point that you love, it'll change everything. Now I'm I'm glad for the fact that uh, Brother uh, uh, Buchanan has filled in for me several times and is doing a great job. But there, now watch this. You say, "Well, what's the big deal?" The big deal is somebody won't even give him a chance. That's right, preacher, preach it, bishop, preach it. <laughs> Y'all forget I bring my own shout. Amen. See this is this is where churches are today. Now guess what happens? Guess what happens with those movements and those churches that are built around a certain personality and certain charismatic and energetic personality? What happens when that guy dies? Or God takes him to Zimbabwe. And they and then somebody else comes and he is an unbelievable Bible teacher. But they haven't matured to the point to be able to appreciate truth. They're more attracted to a style. Well, I tell you what, he ain't Dr. So-and-so. And And the crazy thing is, he may be giving you more truth than Dr. So-and-so. Amen? I really need to do this on Sunday, don't I? Weak and strong. Where are we? I mean, really, where are we at temple? Where are we in our Christian life? Are we weak or are we strong? Really, it it, it lines up with the place, how much can we appreciate truth? And how much are we coming here to look for truth, not to be entertained? Amen? All right. Why don't we go to number two? We have run that rabbit long enough. Amen. The title that is Christ, write that down. First, we realize that we're the servant. But now he says in verse 7, verse 7, None of us live to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be the Lord both of the dead and the living. Two things here I want you to see. The word Lord, this title that he has, this title that we see over and over and over again, the word Lord, it reveals his authority. It reveals his authority. It means he's the master, he is supreme in authority. The strong Christian was judged by the weak Christian, and Paul condemned this because it was wrong for the weak Christian to take the place of God in the life of the strong Christian. God is the master, the Christian is the servant. Now, look what I underlined. No Christian has the right to play God in another Christian's life. We can pray, we can advise, and even admonish, but we cannot take, place, take the place of God. Now, we see the title of Christ as Lord. It, it reveals His authority, but then it removes my ability. It removes my ability. It is encouraging to know that our success in the Christian life does not depend on the opinions or attitudes of other Christians. And I want to say, hey man, right there. Thank God what other people have thought about me and what we're doing here at temple has not has not hindered us one bit in what's happened. Now, we cannot be we cannot be limited by other people's opinions because we become slave to their opinion. God is the judge and he is able to make us stand. The word servant here suggests that Christians ought to be busy working for the Lord, then they will not have the time or inclination to judge or condemn other Christians. People who are busy winning souls to Christ have more important things to do than investigate the lives of the saints. Amen. Look in John 21 real quick. John 21. We see an example of this this epidemic john 21 jesus is is kind of he just restored peter you know after peter had went fishing he denied him and you know they had their conversation peter do you love me you know three times peter do you love me peter do you love me peter do you love, uh you know lord you know all things kind of humble peter and and now he's fixing to get back on track and get back to doing what god wants him to do and in john 21 21 verse 15 so when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said, Feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, and thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Now watch. Now watch. He begins to to explain to Peter the future for his life. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Basically, talking about his arrest, he would be incarcerated. Uh, he was going to die for his faith, you know, pretty much. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, what he say? Say it again. Say it again. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, and also which leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? This is the one that asked the Lord this. This is what he said. Peter said, Seen him, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? In other words, Jesus has given him a portrayal of his life and his future and what he was going to be and what he was going to do. And he says, Come on. So, what responsibility does Peter have? Come on. Now, Peter turns around and sees somebody else. He said, What about him? Isn't that so baptistical? I've got my instructions. I've got my responsibility. I've got what God wants me to do. I've got a focus and a direction for my life. And God says, okay, follow me. Now, if you're going to follow somebody, you've got to be looking at them. You get, if you're going to follow somebody, you've got to stay focused. You've got to keep your direction, right? But then He says, what about Him? Watch what G. I I love this. I love this. If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to follow? It don't matter what it, if I let him live forever, it's none of your business. He's none of your responsibility. You don't need to worry about him. You got enough grass to cut in your own yard. What is that to just? You know what half of us need to do? Quit worrying about everybody else. I can't, I can't, I just can't get over how many people are constantly posting stuff on Facebook. And, and it's not, y'all really probably won't know it because I've got tons of preacher friends on mine that, that, that's always, that, that this is what the church is doing wrong, this is what this group over here is doing wrong, this is why this ain't working over here, and this is why blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, why are you worrying about everybody else? What is that to just, what does it matter what Temple Baptist Church is doing on the corner of Campground Road 157 to somebody in, in, in Ringo, Georgia? Do you really not have enough things to do in your life that you have to, are y'all with me? Let me get it more personal. Let me get more personal. Why are you worried about what somebody else is wearing on somebody else's pew? Ain't you got enough problems? I don't know about y'all, but I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror, I say, Self, you got your work cut out today. (laughs) I don't need to worry about yours. I'm having a hard enough problem with mine that make sense it goes with the beam and and the and you know the the two before and the splinter if you will jesus said, you worried about the little splinter in his eye and you got a two before sticking out your eye right right. (laughs) oh we're having fun tonight i'm I'm putting this on facebook Uh, (laughs) whole video I'm gonna put for all my preacher friends, Amen. Uh, number three. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not really gonna do that. I'm not really. Tonight. Tonight. Number three. Nine minutes. Two points. So what's the big deal, preacher? The big deal is this: there's a test that's coming. There's a test that's coming. The Bible calls it the judgment seat of Christ. Verse 10. Why dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou set it not thy brother? Just because he don't agree with everything that you do, why are you, why are you separating yourself from him? It's amazing to me how 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 it works so quick to say, I can't fellowship with you because you, you don't comb your hair like me some of the stuff we've come up with is so silly we agree on 157 things but we disagree on two so i can't go to i can't go to church with you and we can't hang out one of my best friends one of my best friends in the ministry is a church of god preacher Preacher, do you agree with everything? No. We've had several conversations about just a couple things we we disagree about. But guess what? He was the only one nice to me. Isn't that amazing? All the ones that I was supposed to have agreed with completely was the ones treated me like I didn't even know Jesus. And the one that was supposed to be going to hell is the only one that treated me like Jesus. So why are we going to sit there and judge one another? Because I found out this. Watch what it says. Why do you judge your brother, separate yourself from somebody? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. How many of us are going to stand there? All of us. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Now watch this, read it with me, everybody read verse twelve, so then every one of us shall give account of, of 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 uh-huh I'm not going to give account for Buchanan, so why am I worried about Buchanan? now listen, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean. That if I see something in Buchanan's life, and God impresses upon my heart to say, "Man, brother Buchanan, I think because this is a friend, iron sharpeneth iron," I say, "Look, man, I don't, I don't think this is going to be conducive to uh, your benefit, man." And 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 we could pray and talk, but I'm not going to be. Listen, you don't need to be doing that. You don't need to ask, You sh- you shouldn't wear that right there. You should you and and try to force my convictions on him. Why shouldn't I do that? Because he's not going to stand before me. And I'm not going to stand on his behalf. I'm standing for me. And we all will. Amen? The test that's coming. Two things. I want you to see the advocate we must answer to. The one you're criticizing is not going to answer to you. And the one who criticizes you, you're not going to have to answer to him. Thank the Lord. Paul asked the weak Christian, "Why are you judging your brother?" Then he asked the strong Christian, "Why are you despising your brother?" Both the strong and the weak must stand at the judgment seat of Christ. They will not judge each other. They will be judged by the Lord. The judgment seat of Christ, excuse me, the judgment seat of Christ is that place where Christians will have their works judged by the Lord. Now, how does the Christian prepare for the judgment seat of Christ? By making Jesus Lord of his life and faithfully obeying him. Instead of judging other Christians, we had better judge our own lives and make sure we are ready to meet Christ. Say amen. The advocate we must answer to. B, the accounting we must answer with. The accounting we must answer with. Paul explained that they did not have to give an account for anyone else but themselves. So they were to make sure that their account would be a good one. He was stressing the principle of lordship. Make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Let him be the Lord in the lives of other Christians as well. Number four. Here's a trap that's condemned. Quickly. He says this. Now I know. Now Paul is kind of addressing the strong Christians now. Verse verse number 14. Now I know. And I'm persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him, in other words, he's saying, there's no meat that's unclean. I believe, I believe Paul would eat a hamburger. Say amen. I believe he would. I believe he'd go to a barbecue. Yeah. There ain't nothing unclean. And he said, I'm persuaded. Isn't that what we're supposed to be? He said, I'm persuaded of the Lord Jesus there's nothing unclean. And I believe he's meaning not only just the food but also the day. You know, they was arguing over the diet, and they was arguing over the days. But watch what he says. Watch what he says. Now, he's speaking to the strong Christian. Now, the early part of the chapter, he's really addressing the weak Christian, saying, y'all need to quit judging people. Worry about your own self. But now he's addressing the strong Christian, and and, and this is what he tells them. Now, I know that there's nothing wrong. let 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 me kind of give it Alabama talk. I know there's nothing wrong with eating a hamburger. Okay, there's nothing wrong with eating meat. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, now to him it's unclean. Now if that person who really has an issue with it, he really feels that way, then to him it's wrong. It really is wrong. It's kind of like puppy love. Puppy love might not be real, but it's real to the puppy. Right? And if you don't think so, you ain't never had it. Watch this. Destroy not him, or back up to verse 15. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably? Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. What's that mean? If you know a brother, in, in this, let me keep it in this context, if you, you, you're mature enough to understand there's nothing wrong with eating a hamburger, you shouldn't invite the one that don't believe that to your barbecue. Now is that loving? He said, "Is that are you showing charity there? Is that a charity? Cherub- are you showing love? You're just rubbing it in their face." And if you're a mature Christian, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't want another brother to fall. Let me let me. I, I'm I'm really lacking in time, but I, I would like for you to go later on in your own study to 1 Corinthians chapter eight, not tonight, but 1 Corinthians chapter eight. It should be right under A there. In that particular situation, he gives the illustration. Uh, there was some, some, some uh, in Corinth, there was some false temples to idols. They had idols. Y'all with me? Now, now look back at me. Look back at me. Look at me, because I want you to get this, because i gotta, I got to go fast. In there, there was temples. They had idol worship. In the, in, in the idol worship, they would sacrifice animals. Y'all with me? They would sacrifice sheep and cows and goats and what? They would sacrifice that. Well, then after the ceremony was over there would be merchants who would take that barbecue meat and they would go and take it to the market and sell it. Y'all with me? Well, uh, mature Christians who understood that there was, there's no such thing as a false god, there's no such thing as idols, there's only one true God, there's only one living God, amen? amen. They didn't look at it as meat sacrificed to idols, they looked at it as foolish people having a big barbecue. And so they went to the market and they bought the meat that was in the ceremony because they knew that wasn't no big deal. There wasn't nothing to it because they were strong in the faith. They were more mature. They understood truth. But see, there were people who were saved out of that idol worship. There were people that were saved out of that idol worship and they started looking at these Christians going and buying idolatrous meat. And they got all wigged out about, oh, my goodness, you're buying meat. This was to idols, and you go, oh, you're going to hell. Because they just didn't understand. So Paul had to deal with it there at Corinth. He said, look, guys, now me and you both know that it's just me. But they don't understand that. Because they're baby Christians and they're immature and they haven't grown to understand the truth yet, and you're wrong if you go by and eat it in front of them. That's not showing love. Y'all with me now? You see, we got a responsibility to each other. We Christians don't need to be judging strong Christians, and strong Christians don't need to be despising weak Christians. Let me let me give an illustration. Let's put it to the day. There are some restaurants that have alcohol in it. They are. There's some uh, Applebee's, Ruby Tuesday's, uh, you name it. Uh, I think I think Logan does. I don't know. I don't know. But you you know what I'm saying. There are some people that have a conviction about that. And they won't. That's God, that place serves alcohol. Now, my deal, Food World does too, but I'm not going to stop buying groceries. Say <laughs> amen. <laughs> now, I'm not. I understand. I'm not going to go in there and buy a beer. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to buy a steak about that big. But I'm not going. You know, I, I don't have an issue with that. I don't have a problem. with it. I don't have a weakness with that. But you see, there are people that who struggle with alcohol for a long time. And there's people that's gotten saved that have a weakness, and they and and they have an, They think, man, you can't go in there. There's a bar somewhere in that building. You with me? Yeah. So they now. I would be uncharitable or unloving to say, Hey, man, let's go to Applebee's and get us a burger. You see what he's saying here? What's the point? The trap that we have to avoid. First, A, we got to avoid frustrating our family, our church family. Note the possible ways that we can affect each other. Paul says we can cause others to stumble. We caused others to be grieved or even destroy others. Well, how, how can we do that, preacher? What if I took somebody that struggled with alcohol into a place that doesn't bother me whatsoever, it's not going to tempt me whatsoever, <coughs> it couldn't hinder me whatsoever, but that person is so tempted by it, they come back and fall off the wagon. And their life is destroyed. Because I wasn't mature enough, are y'all with me? I, I, I remember I remember going into the Coon Club, first time I ever went. Hellions galore. They used words I had never heard before in my life, and several that I had. Amen? I remember going in there and sitting and, and just blushing. I'm talking about literally my face turning so red, you can't imagine. And I was acting like I was reading the Coon because I didn't know nobody. I want to meet people. You know, I wanted to go coon hunting. I didn't know I didn't even have a dog, but I sure wanted to go coon hunting. Well, eventually God used that and a bunch of them are saved now. I can walk in the building if somebody that don't know me or somebody stranger that comes in for a coon hunt or something and they use a, a wrong word, hey, that's a preacher sitting right over there. <laughs> now here's the deal. I was mature enough to be able to be in a place To be able to reach some folks. But there's not one, no way in this world I would recommend a baby Christian subjecting himself to that kind of atmosphere because he would have been way too easy to be pulled back into a bad situation. Do you see what I'm trying to explain? So you have to be careful. Everybody everybody is not at the same place in maturity in their life. The question, should Christians eat meat that we discussed in First Corinthians, should Christians eat meat that has been offered to idols and heathen temples? There he pointed out that knowledge and love must work together. The strong man, I wish we had time to go to this chapter. He, this is what he says. He says, "Your knowledge, you know that it's okay to eat this meat." and, and go read it. It's in 1 Corinthians 8. He says, "You know that, that you have knowledge, and your knowledge is good, but your knowledge can be dangerous." Because everybody, those immature Christians, those those weak Christians, they don't have that knowledge. And you can with with your knowledge hurt that baby Christian. So knowledge can be puffed up. You can get arrogant about it. Knowledge has to be mixed with love. And I have to love that person enough to know hey, I, I'm good. You know what Paul said? I won't I won't never eat meat if I know it's going to offend my brother. I will discipline myself to the point that I can, so I won't be an offense to anybody. Listen, the trap that is condemned, the trap of frustrating our family, then be, then be flaunting our freedom. Flaunting our freedom. It is true that in Christ we have been set free from the law and legalism. However, we must not flaunt this freedom in the faces of those who are weak in the faith. Also, those who have strong convictions, now now watch this, look at verse 22, look at verse 22, hast thou faith, you can put the word conviction there, hast thou faith, or convictions, You you got standards, convictions, issues, have it to, say it with me, have it, what's that mean? It means this. Those with strong convictions are not to beat others over the head with those convictions. We are to exercise our freedoms and carry out our convictions in ways that do not cause our fellow Christians to stumble. Are y'all with me? I'm glad, because I'm out of time. Amen. Here's what we believe at temple. Hurry, hurry up and wrap it up and look at me quick, quick, because I gotta give you this and we gotta pray. Hurry and run and get your children. Fast. Amen? This is the deal. This is how we operate at Temple. This is how we can get along with 1,200 people. This is how we do it. In essential beliefs, we have unity. In other words, there are some things that we have to believe the same on. If you believe Buddha can get you into heaven, we have real problems. We have to believe the same on certain things. Listen, in, in our essential beliefs, we have Come on now. I can't dismiss you until you get with me. In our essential beliefs, we have? In our non essentials what's that mean? Some people believe that if a man, honestly, honest to God, some people believe if a man's wearing anything but a white shirt, then he's not right with God. He should be wearing a white shirt because he's trying to take glory away from God and attract attention to him. Obviously, I don't believe that. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. And at temple, if you believe in the white shirt, You have the freedom to wear your white shirt. And if you think it's okay to wear a black shirt, (laughs) right? I have liberty to wear my, why? Is wearing a black shirt going to keep me out of heaven? Is is wearing a white shirt going to send me to hell? No, it's a non-essential. In the essentials, we have, in the non-essentials, we have, but in all of them. Whether you believe it like somebody else or not. No no matter what your beliefs are. No matter what my beliefs are. We're all going to show charity. Me and my brother are two of the most opposite human beings on the planet. I mean it's just unbelievable how different we are. But we get along good. When I'm up down there I want to be with him. When he's up here visiting I want him with me all the time. And the reason we can get along so good is because I love him and he loves me. And if we keep that at temple, if we keep charity and love the center of everything, it don't matter if we disagree or agree, we're going to make it. Amen. And we're going to keep this ship going. Amen? amen? This ship will never sink as long as it's, it's, it's floated on love. Amen. Church, say Amen. Father, help us as we go home and practice this stuff. It's easy preaching, but hard living. Help us to uh, disagree, but not be disagreeable. In Jesus' name, all God's people say it. Go get your kids quick.